Welcome college basketball fans to the Full Court Press Podcast with LT and Sammy D. This is the podcast that brings you legendary stories from college basketball's golden era and dives in deep with the current analysis of today's game. Get ready for the most energetic and entertaining college basketball podcast around. Let's get it. College basketball fans united. Luke Taylor here. Sam Davidson's here. A full court press podcast. Episode number two. French. It's number three Sweet. for English speaking. Yes, yes. LT, what's going on, buddy? Oh, man, we've got a great episode coming up. But we got to tell people, you got to subscribe, rate, review, right? And what did you say about the Uber drivers, about five-star reviews? I don't know. What did I say? If it's not five stars, it's not worth it. I agree with that. You know, I, it's, I mean, how many how many Uber drivers get two, three or four stars? It's either a one star or five star. You know, it's either yeah. you do your job or you don't. So yeah. if you think yeah. we're doing our job, give us five stars. If you don't think we're doing our job, don't give us anything. <laughs> don't even review it. I appreciate it. I'm waiting for my wife and like my kids to review. They'll probably be like, my dad's OK. Uncle Sam's the bomb. Man, your, your kids are rock stars. They are. They are. They are. So what do you think about a lot of stuff's going on? College basketball season starts officially next week. Also, to pass the rock, share this episode, share our, our podcast, right? But I'm excited. Next week, college basketball starts. What do you think about some of these exhibition games? I mean, KU lost Illinois. Michigan in a secret, secret, I don't know what, like a secret scrimmage. They beat Marquette. What do you think exhibition g- games really mean to the in the grand scheme of things? Get some playing time against people who don't know what's coming, you know, and you know, we coming. Don't get don't get hurt. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> I mean, it's you look at the KU Illinois game, and it's um, yeah, KU should have won that game and stuff, but it's. It's it doesn't mean anything. It's zero. It's zero. It doesn't mean anything. It's really like, hey, go out there, like run the plays, like let's get some good energy, but like don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. And I think it also allows, I mean, you're not going to show your full hand um, to what you got, but I think it allows to to maybe get some guys, some filler guys, some role players, uh, see different um, matchups, see different teams. You know, can we go three guard? Can we go two guard? Can we go one guard? I mean, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you one thing: Cohen Carr from Michigan State reminds me of Jay Rich. <laughs> you see that? I mean, it, I, I, I'm going up to eat Slancy. Yeah, they're gonna have some good games up there. You oh. know, you're, you're in like, you're in like the heartland of where college basketball is at right now. You know, that Ohio, Michigan. Um, you know, you've got both, you have both. Yeah, I mean, you have both the you have both the Big Ten powerhouses, but then you also have some incredible mid-major programs that absolutely you know, could, could make some runs this year. And, and we've talked, and we've talked about some. We've talked about Dayton. We've talked about Akron, Kent State, Duquesne. I mean, then I have you know, you look. I've got. I might sneak over to West Virginia and see KU play West Virginia. I think they're playing there. You got Michigan. You got the. You know, you just have so much. You've got uh, Xavier. 
right there in the in the background. Uh, Cincinnati. Do you I know mean, who I'm Cincinnati kind of excited game. about though? Who's that? Miami, Ohio. Yes. It's like, funny you say that. You're just getting to the point, aren't you? You don't want me to. I'm talk trying anymore. to tease a little bit, but um, first guess, Coach, Coach Steele. You know, like he did not take any time rebuilding that program. No, and he's doing it kind of. I feel like he's doing it for the long and prosperous, going after high school players. You know what I love is he's got some six foot point guards that are probably going to be pissed off. Little chip on their shoulder. You know, like we talked about with him, with Coach Steele, is if they were two to three inches taller, they might be playing power five, power six basketball. Yeah. So I I love the Mac. I think it's great basketball. And then we found out the connection between him and his brother. His 12 years older, same mom, Coach Gross. Still waiting for Akron to get back to us. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's a uh, what what both of those guys are building. Um, I mean, the re- their reputation speaks for themselves. You know, I mean, both of those guys can get a phone call with any recruit in the country to l- at least listen to them, right? Yeah. And, you know, like where Coach Steele comes from, you know, with Indiana roots, uh, I mean, he's a household name, you know, when you're recruiting around there. And, I mean, that shows, you know, when you look at what he's bringing in this year, and he's got five freshmen coming in this year. And we talked to him a little bit about that. I, you know, I'm excited for our listeners to hear about how he's recruiting now with the transfer portal um, in place and, you know, his thoughts on that. But then also, you know, like he's staying true to his roots and he's doing very well with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's uh, I'm excited to uh, to see them concede, compete, watch him play. Uh, I'm not a huge Ohio State fan. I'll probably watch that game uh, Wednesday, December 6th at Ohio State. What I liked about him is I and I think I don't know if he likes me or us. I'm gonna we're a team, so us, because I I commented about his wallpaper, and it looked very Xavierish. <laughs> it did, didn't it? I mean, let's be honest. It did. He he handled it. He handled your questions very well. Yeah, you but know, do you see how like, he got right off when we said thanks for coming? It's just like end. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Coach Coach Steele's the man. He gave us the time, yep. and um, you know he did talk a little bit about um, his time at Xavier, and you know what kind of happened. I mean, how you win your last game and then get let go, but you know, I mean, less than two weeks later, you know, he's he's rebuilding the program. Fifteen days. I 15 mean, it's days. It. and that yep. just shows, like, we, you know, I mean, he talked a little bit about what those two weeks were like, like you know, who he leaned on um, for some advice. Um, you know, how hard that may be for a coach's family to manage that. But, um, you know, what he really nailed down is how you handle adversity and how that translates to his coaching mentality, right? And I think that that speaks pretty highly of how he handled that transition from Xavier um, to Miami of Ohio, the success they had last year, and then what he, with the team he's been able to build um, leading up to this season. And so I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited to see what they can do. I think they can pull a few upsets out. And, you know, the, the words he used was he's obsessed with trajectory. And I love that because, I mean, what what better defines like a mid-major program? It's not how you start in November. You know, it's where are you in January, February, and how are you building up to that? Um, whether you're going to be dancing in the NCAA tournament, the NIT tournament, which is getting kind of a revamp. We'll kind of dive into that. Um, but you know how how that te- how that program's growing week after week, game after game. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you. And I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, with a mid major, you have a little bit more time. 
it's not like you know if you're a power five uh team i hate using power five but if you're with a you know an ohio state of the world's the xavier of the world's uh the michigan michigan states you don't have much time like your clock is ticking that first day you take that job where i think with with him at miami of ohio he's going to be able to build it and i think what i love about the mac especially is you, it's the proof is in the pudding you got coach k over at toledo's been there for years 14 years i think rob centerhoff can't can, uh, can state 13 years his brother's been at akron for seven years jeff bowles at ou's been at five years so i think once you get a taste of that maybe bigger program and then you find that right fit why not stay a little bit longer or not leave at all yeah, I mean, when you're in, like, Coach Teal's shoes, I mean, it's – that Indiana-Ohio basketball is in his DNA. You know, and that, that's where I – you know, when you look at, like, his coaching um, path, you know, I mean, I, Miami of Ohio is just such a great fit for him to build a program there, to kind of put his own stamp, to bring his blueprint. And, you know, what it, what it sounds like is, you know, the pro, the athletic department and the fan base and the boosters and the alumni, I mean, they trust him, right? You know, I mean, he means well. Players play hard for him. And whenever you tune into a coach deal game, whether it was at Xavier or now at Miami of Ohio, like they play lights out as hard as they can for 40 minutes. And it's very strategic and it doesn't matter if they're up by 15 or down by 15. And um, that's a guy you want your kid playing for. All right. Well, all right, Sammy, let's let's hit uh, a great episode with Coach Travis Steele from the Miami, Ohio Red Hawks. Enjoy college basketball fans. Sam, I'm going to tell you something. I woke up this morning, didn't sleep well last night because I was so excited. Why are you excited, LT? Because we got a mid-major head basketball coach on the podcast. And I actually liked him at his previous spot. As DePaul graduates we are, he was always fun to watch. We have on the Full Court Press podcast, a college basketball experience. We got Coach Travis Steele, head coach of Miami of Ohio. Travis, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, well, we're excited. I I told uh, Sam, um, I like you better than your brother because you agreed to be on this, and I still haven't heard back from anybody at Akron, but we're not going to put any salt in any wounds. We we can put we can put salt in their wounds on that. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. brotherly love. <laughs> so you you are the first head coach I ever know that's been fired after winning a game. That was wild, right? That's nuts. Yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> oh man, completely unexpected, you know. But in this in this world that we live in, you know, it's uh, life's going to throw you a lot of curveballs. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just got to keep swinging, keep moving, and keep moving forward. It's what we uh, try to emphasize with our team, right? How do you handle adversity? What's your response going to be? And obviously, uh, you know, for for me, it was man. You know, it was, <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Uh, but same time, you know, again, you move on and and you learn from things. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy how you're uh, you're in charge of teaching these young men, right, about adversity and it, pivoting on the dime about like what life brings you and everything, and really being a you know a life mentor to these guys that you bring into your program. And um, you know, as you stepped into Miami, Ohio last year, um, talk a little bit about that. I mean, they brought you in to rebuild a program essentially, you know, and you know, especially with your legacy in that area. 
um, and, you know, the kind of iconic career that you've had as young as you are to say like, Hey, like, what can you build over X number of years here? And, you know, like, what was that process like last year coming into a rebuilding program and then maybe kind of tease us about, uh, how that leads into this year. Yeah. You know, um, that's why I took the job. You know, Miami's got a great brand first and foremost, academically campus tradition. It's got more tradition than any other team in our league. And for me, it was like an opportunity to build something from not from scratch is the wrong word, but you got to build it back up. Mm-hmm. It's, called space, but it's been a while since we've won. It's been since Charlie Coles uh, was the head coach since we've really, really won. And, uh, you know, so it gave me an opportunity to kind of do a rebuild. And, and, you know, I was excited about that. And, you know, like I think the biggest thing, and I always tell our players is, is we have to live what we preach. Right. And uh, when we talk about that adversity and, you know, we have to set the standard, uh, visually to our guys to set the example and you know it's been a uh, it's been fun so far um you never really know what's underneath the hood until you lift up that hood under and see what's in there right um I knew uh we had to get you know from a talent perspective and and whatnot we had to get better but also from the culture's perspective we did um academic perspective uh, nutrition gear I mean you you name it um it's been uh it's been fun and just trying to take small bites out of the apple at a time and just get a little bit better every day. And I've made every decision, you know, to this point about year three, you know, I said, I'm not going to do anything short-term or be short-sighted. I'm going to build this thing the right way, give it a really good foundation that we can really grow from and win forever. And, you know, and that's, I want something sustainable. And so every decision, even if that hurts me in the short term, uh, you know, I, I'm saying that's okay. We'll, 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 as long as sometimes you have to lose the, lose the battle to win the war. Um, you know, so that's kind of been the approach that we've taken and I like where we're heading, you know, we're, we're obsessed with trajectory and not necessarily the result. And uh, we're definitely heading in the right direction. Sam, have you ever been to Miami of Ohio? I have gorgeous campus. Yeah. Gorgeous people. Everybody's good looking at Miami of Ohio. It makes me <laughs> sick. You know, coach is a great recruiter. He ain't going to go recruit much. You just bring the kids to campus, signed, sealed, and delivered. <laughs> hey, it's true. You can't have a bad visit here. It is no. true. No, I, I went on a uh, a father's weekend. A buddy of mine who's a little bit older than me, his son was there, and I got, I got called sir, and everybody was very polite, well-dressed. It's a beautiful campus. It's got a storied his, uh, history. Wally Zerbiak, Ron Harper, uh, yeah. you know, and, and I think – what I like what you're doing is, is there's two methods of re- recruiting. It seems like now you either build with the transfer portal or you build long-term what it looks like you're trying to do. And you're, you brought in a really nice, you brought in five solid players. And what I love about the Mac, the Mac is the ultimate six foot point card league. I mean, it is. you get scrappy guys. You mean Earl Boykins, you remember Earl Boykins it's five, five. Yep. Yep. It's a guards league, man. Like you said, I, I think the recruiting, the landscape is just so unique right now. And you know, everybody's trying to get old, stay old, obviously. And and we'll we'll use the transfer portal as kind of like our uh, you know, supplement, supplemental recruiting, you know, kind of, you know, filling a patch. But high school is going to be our main course. It's going to be the stake, you know, the potatoes would be the uh be the transfer portal. And and we we got to recruit this area really hard. There's 
when, when, and I keep on going back to when Charlie Coles was head coach here and Daryl Hedrick and some, we have, we've had some legendary coaches here at Miami. You know, we've dominated this area, Cincinnati, Dayton, Columbus, Cleveland, uh, even dipped into Chicago, obviously, because again, a huge contingent of, of our students come from the Chicago area and just really kind of laying our mark here. And, you know, we were able to bring in a couple of Cincinnati kids, a Lexington kid and two Chicago guys. And we had the, to me, the best player in the whole state of Ohio in the class of 2024 already committed to us. And he's from Cleveland. Um, you know, so like, we're really trying to make our mark here because there's good enough players to, to win here. And you mentioned like, it's a guards league though. I'm, I'm telling you, I've been just being through it last year and I've watched my brother since he's been at Akron when he was at Ohio as well. Um, Man, the guards are terrific. There's not a big difference between the guards in the MAC and the guards in the Big East. The difference is the size. Three of inches. Yeah, three inches. It's size, right? It's two to three inches. That's all it is. Yeah. And it, it, but like, you know, around the rim, it's very different. You know, you got those pterodactyls in the Big East, <laughs> man, those six, and six, 11 guys that are playing volleyball above the rim, above the square. Um, our bigs in our league are traditionally about six, seven, <laughs> you know, and uh, we're trying to look a little bit more like the Big East teams up front. And we've done a really good job bringing in some very good front court guys um, that are very talented. Um, and then we're trying to add the, that guard, still have that guard play, though, that the Mac's been known for. Shoot, even the coaches in the Big East are tall. You look at Patch, Patrick Ewing, Ed Cooley. I mean, yeah. Patrick Ewing's starting point, their starting lineup was like six, 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 eight, six, nine, six, eleven, seven foot. <laughs> Seven two seven five six eight six nine. I mean, they were just <laughs> tall. It's crazy. It's crazy. I ne- you know what? I never wanted to stand next to Patrick Ewing in the Big East Media Day picture because <laughs> he'd make me look like I'm five foot tall. Yeah, right. I mean, this dude—he's one of the biggest human beings I've ever been around. Seven. He's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Travis, you've done a great job bringing in. You said your focus is on high school recruiting and everything like that, but you can't really ignore the transfer portal and what's happening yeah. out there. And so how is that um, fitting into your blueprint at what you're building in Miami? You brought in a great um, you know, 6'5 guard from uh, NIU with uh, Darweshi Hunter, who shot 42% from three last year but didn't get a lot of playing time. Um, but he was on the court. He was just incredibly efficient and seems like he's going to fit into what you're building there pretty well, as well as two D2 standouts as well. So. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, it's interesting with this transfer portal stuff. It's like, man, a lot of these transfers, the first question you're going to get is, hey, how much money can I get? Right. <laughs> you know, with NIL. Man, That's man. my first question every day. How much money <laughs> am I going to get? That's my wife and kids. Dad, how much money are we going to get? Uh, it, it's changed. So we try to get, we got to get creative. Right. Yeah. Like um, D2 is a great route for us. I've had some success with that as Xavier with Zach Hankins and Brian Griffin. And the two D2 kids we got coming in are really good, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bryce Boltman's phenomenal. Um, I think he'll be an all league guy. Brad, Brad Dean, I think, can score with anybody in our league. And then Darwishi Hunter, who you mentioned, I saw him live, right? Last yeah. year, a couple of times. They were on, he was on a better team than us. And he, Kicked our tail a little bit. Uh, and he's from Cincinnati, right? Yeah. So getting guys that can come back uh, to the area, I think is really important. So um, just getting guys that fit, guys that are mature, guys that want to win, guys that want to become a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, yeah, man, they, they, they those guys have added a lot of experience to our team, which we really, really needed because we're very, very, very young. I, You know, it's funny, six of our probably top nine guys are freshmen and sophomores. 
yeah. and, which is unheard of in college basketball, especially if you're, you're trying to win. So, um, you know, but again, we'll, 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 we'll get experience, you know, those uh, to keep on telling those older guys, man, you guys got to show these younger guys how college basketball is played and how it's done. Yeah. And you, you know, you're, I think you're pick six in the preseason polls and that's, that's a hard number and that's a hard pick because you really don't know what you have. I mean, you do, but you don't. Yeah. But what I like is you're you're building something. Last year you lost to Kent State by three, you lost to uh, at Akron by five, and Toledo by three. Three of the perennial top teams. You went yeah. on a you had a little four game winning streak. You beat uh, Northern Illinois, not OT, OU, BGSU, and I think it was Western Michigan. Are did the kids? How long for those? How long did it take for some of these kids to buy in? Because obviously you're peaking, right? good at the yeah. end unfortunately just couldn't get it done in the tournament yeah you know I, number one i give our our young young men on the team last year and our staff all the credit in the world like they stuck with it they stuck and they stayed in the ring that's all i say how, how many punches can you take how many punches can you take and we took a lot last year um but we got better as the year wore on we played our best basketball at the end and and that's what i always say like i said earlier it's just be obsessed with trajectory and not necessarily the result which is so hard to do in this world that we live in but if if we're really committed to that then we're going to get the the byproduct will be the winning right um and I thought our guys defensively, we got a heck of a lot better as the year wore on. I thought our guys figured it out on that end. Our offense still stumped. Um, we couldn't score, but um, but our defense won several games. And uh, like I said, man, we I got I think the best staff in, in our in our league, uh, one of the best staffs in the country. And those guys stayed positive, just that positive vibe and energy, even when you do take some lumps and some L's you know, keep and keep moving forward. And I think our, our players saw that and they took the lead of our staff last year. You talk a little bit about your staff, Travis. I mean, you're one of the guys out there that, you know, you've pretty much held every position in a basketball program, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, like throughout your career and to where you've grown to the kind of throne that you're sitting on, on right now, Miami, Ohio, like, what does that look like year and year out of the program that you want to build from a staff perspective? You know, number one, I, I just having great men, yeah. you know, and, and just that character. And I want I want people that can communicate. I really value that um, guys that can communicate, whether it's with um, the players, recruits, uh, parents of a recruit, understanding your audience, being able to communicate your message clearly, concisely. I really, really value uh, maybe that more than outside of character, that's probably my number two. And, and then my third thing was I do, I want guys that, that, that love it, live it, live basketball, man. You know, I mean, um, I do want guys that have families though. And I, and I, and I let them spend time with their families. I, I want them to I encourage that. Right. But I do want guys that live basketball and, and that are intelligent, you know, just, um, guys that can do a little bit of everything. I don't want necessarily specialists and, you know, a guy that can bring in, Hey, I'm going to bring in two players and you know, hire me. You know, to me, that's very short-sighted Two can make our players better as better as a person, better as, as a student and as a player. And, and uh, cause that's what we got to be known for here. You know, we're not going to necessarily just go into a, a recruiting battle and just, you know, beat a Ohio state. I mean, that's probably not going to happen, you know, but can we develop our guys better than those other universities? Um, and that's what we got on our staff. You know, I, 
uh, got Rob Summers and, and Jonathan Holmes, who are both associate head coaches. Both could be head coaches yesterday, <laughs> to yeah. be quite frank. If somebody give them an opportunity, they're both terrific. And Christian Smith's a young assistant, very talented. Carl Richburg's a young assistant who actually played here. Um, but I knew all these guys before I hired them. Um, and they have a lot of connections to the area, you know, whether it's Indiana, uh, Chicago, Ohio, Michigan. And uh, I, mean, I really like the staff that I was able to put together here. So I, I'm looking at your schedule a little bit. You've already put down a loss against Ohio State, it looks like. No. I mean, you said it. I'm just kidding. No. But, um, no he said, recruiting. He just said, <laughs> he said it's going to be hard to recruit against them, right? Yeah. Oh, come on, he man. That's Let's all. Go. NIL, baby. Um, <laughs> she, she got Ohio State. The game I really like, and I think this is going to set the tone for the year, is going to be at St. Bonaventure. Uh, yeah. I think St. Bonaventure's, you know, they're picked third in the, the Atlantic yeah. 10. How does your, as your team, because you said you've got a young team, how does your scheduling philosophy change as your team kind of gets older and you kind of get more of your players and your system in there? Yeah, you know, this is what I, I keep on telling our administration that is we got a pretty, our, our schedule gets pretty hard in the non conference. We got Wright State, Vermont, we got Marshall, we got St. Bonaventure, we got Davidson, we got Ohio State. We'll play anybody anywhere. I mean, listen, I want guys that are going to lace it up and play because right now where our league is, it's a one bid league right now. Now, hopefully that will change if everybody's committed to it in our league to where we can make it a multi-bid league. But right now it's a one bid league. So I got to do I, 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 I don't I'm not trying to just play a bunch of cupcakes and just pad the wins like that does nothing for me and, and for us. <laughs> If we want to be an elite mid-major team, then we need to play the Marshalls, who's been really good. We need to play the Vermont, who's been one of the top five winningest programs in the entire country over the last 10 years. We need to be able to play the right states who's picked to win their league. It's like you start looking across, it's like, man, we got to play these teams. Davidson, St. Bonaventure, those are good brands. And our guys, our guys want to play those guys. And now listen, we got to stay positive through those times. Those are hard games, especially for where we are in year two. But, you know, I mean, it, but it is what it is. And you, you learn from those. And uh, that I, I use the non-conference to prepare us to be able to win the MAC. Playing out of St. Bonaventure is going to help us prepare to go play at Kent State. You know what I mean? Like, rather, you know, I think that's important to recognize where our league's at as well and where we are in the league at the same time. So we are young. It's it's probably a little bit of an aggressive schedule, but it is what I'd rather schedule aggressively than passively. What is it like playing against your big brother? Oh, man. Um, reminds me of growing up in the backyard. No, it's, it's weird. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's... We're obviously very, very close. A lot of people don't know, or some people know that we're obviously brothers, but we have different last names, uh, same mom, uh, different dads. Um, but uh, in a lot of ways, he's he was, I mean, he's the reason I'm in this business. You know, I, I you know, he's done a lot for me in my in my life and in in my career, and um, very thankful for everything he's done. But I'm gonna try to beat his ass when we're out there playing against each other. Um, you know, it's, it is odd. It's probably more odd for my mom than anybody. Right. Um, I think it's really hard. We only played once last year. We're only playing once this year as well. Um, 
I do, do like. Your, do you think your mom requests that that they only you guys only play once? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think she hit Ricky Stokes in the back office and said, "I can only handle one of these a year." <laughs> uh, but it, it but it's it's fun, man. Like, you know how it is when the ball gets tipped. I mean, it's it's kind of the same, you know. But kind of leading up to it and, and afterwards, you know, and because I cheer for them every time. Obviously, they're not playing us, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, when the ball's tipped, man, it's on. <laughs> he would probably he would say the same thing for sure as well. Yeah, yeah. Travis, so, one of the things we love to talk about on the podcast is kind of like this, like '80s and '90s college basketball and everything. And growing up in Danville, Indiana, I mean, college basketball is part of your DNA at that point, right? And yeah. um, it seems like you've always kind of tried to stay close to home. Um, yeah. you know, during your coaching tenures and whatnot, like what is that kind of, what does college basketball mean to you growing up and like your career path? And like, how do you continue to instill that like eighties, nineties kind of college basketball enthusiasm back into the Ohio, Indiana kind of landscape? Yeah. You know, growing up in Indiana, obviously every, every house has a hoop, right? I mean, mm -hmm. every, um, you know, it's kind of the fabric of we grew up in a small town, Danville, right west of Indianapolis. And yeah, I mean, everybody just get behind the basketball team. Right. I mean, it's just that was that was the thing to do. Um, and I, we were lucky, man. We had a really good high school coach when I was kind of growing up there in Danville, Todd Licklider, um, who ended up being the head coach of Butler, then Iowa, then Evansville as well, Marion College. And he's one of the best teachers I've ever been around. I mean, if, if you guys have ever had the opportunity to talk to me, he's the wisdom you, you can just, you can, I, I was an absolute sponge around him. And, uh, you know, my, obviously my brother, um, I grew up an Indiana university fan, um, obviously Bob Knight, you know, obviously being in the state, man, he was, he wasn't the governor. He wasn't the mayor. He was the, he was God, right. <laughs> in a lot of ways there in the state of Indiana, at least for me and Gene Katie, was like the devil to me, you know, like, you know, <laughs> growing up. Um, Cause I was, I was, I did not like Purdue boy. Um, uh, but growing up, man, you had these great basketball programs, right? Purdue and Indiana, the success they had, the players, the coaches. Um, and it was just awesome to see you. You just watch it every night. Right. Um, I go to camps and then the success, obviously that Butler had um, man, just it, obviously it, it, I knew what I wanted to do at a very young age. Mm -hmm. I feel like I never work a day in my life. <laughs> I'm coaching basketball. I'm helping young men develop. I mean, it's incredible. I get paid to do this. <laughs> yeah, we don't paid. get paid to do this. So this is an honor. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was, tell me your, what your first time or your first, just what was that feeling that first time you walked into Assembly Hall as a coach? Oh, man. Uh Man, you get goosebumps. Get goosebumps. I know. See, for me, like people are gonna say, "Well, hey, it wasn't when I walked first time I walked into it." it obviously, it's an older arena, um, and every arena's got its warts. But man, that place is like a cathedral, right? I mean, it's like Hinkle Fieldhouse up in Butler. I mean, th those things are those places are historic. And you think all the people that have played in there, coached in there, walked in there. I mean, it's goosebumps, man. Um, just an, an, an unbelievable feeling. You'll never forget. And honestly, every time you walked in there, it felt that way. It didn't get old. So I was able to coach there for, for two years with, uh, with Kelvin Sampson and man, it's just, you ne never got old walking in there. Never got old. Yeah. 
It's like the first time I ever went into Henkel Fieldhouse. You walk in and you just look around because it's just so historic. And obviously the second, the first thing you say is hickory. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Another historic, I mean, but those places. So I grew up, you know, going to like high school games at Hinkle. Like, right. I remember Kojak Fuller, a guy from just all the great players that have played and, you know, just in great moments. Um, but basketball is a huge, obviously was huge in my family, my mom, my grandma. And I think that obviously had a huge impact uh, on John and, and myself getting into basketball like we did. How does the Mac look this year overall? You think, do you think it's stronger? I mean, you've got a lot of coaches, you got, Coach K, I mean, he can be called Coach K because Coach K is no longer at Duke at Toledo. He's been there 14 <laughs> yeah. years. Uh, yeah. Rob Senderhoff's been there 13. John's been at Akron for seven. Uh, Jeff Boyles, who was a disciple of uh, of Akron per se, Coach Danbrot, yeah. uh, he's been there for five. I mean, it seems like the mid-majors, a lot of these coaches are staying longer. Yeah, I, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're at places where they feel like they're, they have a lot of support you know, and, and a great infrastructure. And those guys have done a great job. And the Mac's a great league, man. I There's a lot of parity. Um, there's a lot of really good players, great coaches, good programs. Uh, you know, I think it'll be good, man. It's one of the best mid-major programs in the country. And I, I think it'll be interesting this year because there's a lot of turnover player-wise from last year. Uh, from some of the top players. So I do think it'll be open in that regard. I do think my brother returns a lot up at Akron. Yeah, I know he does, Enrique Freeman, and hopefully he gets the Ali Ali kid from Butler immediately eligible. Um, and uh, they'll, they'll be really talented. They'll be old. You know, Kent State's got that winning DNA. Um, they've just won. They've won for so long. I mean, whether it's been Jim Christian or whether it was Stan Heath or, you know, you go on and on. Coach Ford, obviously Cinderoff. I mean, it's just – it just doesn't stop, you know, and uh, Ohio used the same way, man. And and so is Akron and, and, uh, and Toledo coach K has done a great job. So those guys have been fixtures at the top of the league and we got to find our way in there. Right. We got, we got to, we got to pry our way in there. And, uh, and we got to do that by, again, like I said, developing a great culture and recruiting guys that fit and, and being better than anybody at player development. If we do those things and then I think that'll give us an opportunity to be up there towards that top of the league. Now, you get let go, and I don't want to hash on this. I'm curious what happens leading up to, I mean, you were hired by Miami of Ohio 15 days later. So you get let go. What 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 happens next? I mean, are you scouring the phones? Are people that actually like you or that care about you text you, say, hey, you know, come to me? Like, how, do, how does that work? Because, I mean, the coaching fraternity yeah. at any sport is a huge huge group and a, and a, and a huge bond. So, so take us kind of through that. And also too, is that yeah. wallpaper gray and blue? <laughs> might be. <laughs> I, you know, actually, I don't know. It's kind of bluish whitish. I guess, I guess a little bit. You stole uh, that from your office. <laughs> I, took, I got something. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I think, I think the, uh, yeah, I didn't talk to many people. You know, I tried to keep a very, very, very uh, tight circle. Um, you know, obviously leaned on my brother a lot, you know, during that, during that time and my family, obviously, you know, the, the thing I would tell you is coaches, we take things very hard. Families take it a heck of a lot harder. My kids, my wife, right? Like that's, 
that's a whole different ball game. Um, uh, and I had to be there for my family first and foremost and make sure everything was good on that end. And, and, uh, but I really know my brother, you know, and, and, uh, like I said, I didn't really talk to a whole lot of people, you know, obviously, you know, some schools were calling to see if I would be interested or what my plans were. Um, if, you know, I was going to take a year off or was I going to do TV or was I going to hop right back in? And, you know, for me at that point, I didn't, you know, I didn't really, I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, and, and, uh, you start thinking, you know, about what, what is next. And, you know, I had some other opportunities further away, maybe quote unquote, a higher level, um, than, than, than Miami of Ohio, but Miami really fit me at the end of the day. Right. Like it just, think the school, the the campus, the location, uh, the tradition, like I said, the brand piece, I felt very comfortable with that. And our athletic director, I really liked David Saylor. And at the time, the guy who's associate AD is now the head AD at Maine was Jude Killey, who I who had a really good relationship with as well. So, um, but yeah, it was a, you know, as you kind of go through, you don't want to make a rush decision at, uh, on a, on anything, because it is a, a big decision, but I thought this one really, really fit me and our family. Is there anything that surprised you when you came into Miami of Ohio, like on a positive note with like alumni boosters, just how excited they were um, to, you know, get your name as the head coach there? I I was shocked, man, at at our press conference on the initial, uh, man, there were more people there than there was at the Xavier one. (laughs) I was was floored. I was like, what the heck is going on around here? Uh, People were excited, you know, and again, I think they're just craving to win, man. They haven't won in so long here and, you know, they, uh, they want it, but they, I think they also know they haven't gotten it right in a while. And they, and I think, and it's like, I've told them, I'm going to give you guys reality on why, right. we got to be open to that solution-based, not just, you know, let's be solution-based. How can we get there? Um, you know, so it's, again, there's a lot of support here and, and, and people want to win and, um, people are excited. And, um, like I said, man, we just got to continue to get better every single day. Yeah. I, I think you're going to have a good year this year. I, I really do. I think you've got a solid team. You got my favorite guy, Anderson from Puerto Rico. <laughs> he's a beast. He is a beast. He, he's one of the u- most unique players in college basketball. <laughs> he looks in like an offensive sense? lineman yeah. out there. But he, yeah. but he can move, man. He is skilled, boy. Oof. Ultra skilled. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you try to recruit internationally too? Or are you more kind of Midwest? More Midwest, but we'll use our academic footprint, you know, because I think it, we, that makes us unique. And I think we have to embrace what Miami is. So I think even if we do go outside of our breadbasket, outside of the five hour radius of Oxford, um, we got to use that academic footprint. Academics got to be really important to, to that family and that young man. And whether that's international, whether that's in Washington, DC, New York city, um, I, I do think that gives us a little bit of a uniqueness that maybe some of these other schools don't have in our league is, is the academic footprint that we have. Mm-hmm. Sam, can I bring the heat now? Yeah. Bring the heat. What do you got LT? What I got two questions for you, which is your favorite arena to coach at? That's not the school you coached at, whether it's Xavier or Miami. And then yeah. also what is the funniest thing an opposing fan has said to you while you're coaching? I mean, I would say definitely Hinkle Fieldhouse. Um, obviously, I went to Butler. That place is, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it's it's a cathedral, man. I mean, it's beautiful in there. I, again, you talk about goosebumps. I talked about it earlier, you know, walking into Assembly Hall. It's the same thing with Hinkle, man. And it never, 
it's always, you always have that feel when you walk in. Um, uh, somebody that's that a fan has said to me, um, cause you know, you can hear golly. it a little bit. Oh, listen, I, I, listen, I always, I, I don't really know. I don't know if there's like one thing specific, honestly, I black out in games. Like I really do. <laughs> like I get so locked into the game. Like I, I have to really sit here and think about that. So um, like Sam, next time he plays a game somewhere, I'm going to show up and I am just going <laughs> to harass the shit out of him. Take my shirt off. You know, you should. I mean, uh, I'm just going to be like Travis, you know, just, <laughs> just egg him on. Grouchy's better looking than you. Oh, uh, you know what? If that would bother me. Right there. <laughs> if you said that that would really, really, really get under my skin. <laughs> that, that's great. Well, Coach Steele, um, you know, before we sign off, anything you want to share um to the Red Hawk fan base and alumni and boosters, anything to get that you're just super excited about that we should be looking out for this season? Your your team always just seems yeah. to play hard, and that's what I yeah. always see. Um yeah, I, I think we're gonna be a team that gets a lot better as the year goes on. I do. I think we're extremely young. We're very talented though. Uh, but we are young, and I, I think we'll look a heck of a lot different in January than we do in November. And I think to stick with it, because, again, our goal is to win that MAC tournament, which I think we'll have a shot at it at the very end of the day. I think people really like what they see. So, Awesome. Well, Coach Steele, thank you so much. And uh, just remember to subscribe, rate, review. Pass this a podcast on to all your fellow fans and friends. Maybe we'll get a, a subscriber from uh, Coach Steele. But uh, <laughs> good luck this year. I, I'm going to yeah. show up. I, I might not harass you as much because I don't feel, especially if I bring my wife and kids, I don't oh. feel like being removed. But yeah, uh, LT, LT has three three kids as well, so it's uh, he's got a. <laughs> and I'm up in Akron. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you at Kent State. We play at Kent State this year. Okay, I'll try to make that one. But Coach Steele, good luck in your season. We're going to be watching. We're going to be cheering for you. You got a great young team. I think that you know the sky's the limit. And uh, I really want you to find out what color uh, or what kind of wallpaper that is. I will. Um, <laughs> I will. So Sam, we'll be back next week on the uh, Full Court Press podcast. Yeah, looking forward to it. LT. Thanks, Coach Steele. Good luck this season. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.